Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. What is up, bro? bro. Hey, Brad, <laughs> I am doing so good, my man. No complaints from me. I wasn't just stress testing all week uh, like you were, so I, I'm nice and relaxed, you know, shoulders Shoulders are low. I'm 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 chilling. How about yourself? Good, good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. We just finished off. We wrapped up uh deck submission today okay. for league weekend. And just so everyone knows, if I sound a little different or if my audio has some stuff, I did sw- revert back to an old setup because I was having some audio issues and I just was like, fuck it. And I mm-hmm. blew up my whole system. And so right <laughs> now I'm using my old mic, just a USB one. I'll figure out my system in a week or two, but I've been having like <laughs> Every once in a while, I'm streaming lately, and then everyone's like, you have a robot voice. Hey, Brad, you have a robot voice, and I have to restart my entire computer to fix it. Weird. And, and it, that's, <laughs> that's I don't know if you know this, because I know you're a streamer. That's yep. like the opposite thing you want to do when you're live streaming is to restart your system. Yeah, that's not good, because I actually had to do it this weekend because <laughs> I was playing the Arena Open, which I had a nice little cash on, but then I just... I was like 4-0 in day two, and I'm like, I'm not going to stream with a delay. This is this is nonsense. You know, who's going to snipe uh, in one of these things? Sniping's a thing of the past, right? And then it was just like the most blatant, obvious game of my opponent playing around like everything I had. You know, like not playing a second creature on turn four when I had that each player sacrifice sacrifices two creatures, you know? And I was like, okay, I think it's time to stop the stream and start up a delay. And yeah, that, that's yep. never good for viewers. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely understand having a delay with with big tournaments, including yeah. a ten minute force delay plus emote chat. Um, yeah, we'll get more yeah. into that this weekend. Is that but, the new rules? Well, no, we have to do ten minute delay and and emote chat. Well, I just do emote chat because I don't like people talking to me during league weekends. Yeah, I, 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 I would. I, I'm not. I'm not a streamer during league weekends. No, you know, like I wouldn't even put your streamlabs open. You know, like I would just minimize that window. Well, I I do. Yeah, still, um, it's the well, thought of them talking, huh? Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> that that gets us to real quick before we get to our special guest. Uh, if you are listening to this currently on social media platform and would like to follow us somewhere and support us, you can do so on Popping iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Um, but yeah, so so this weekend is MPL League Play and Rivals, uh, but I don't really care about them because I'm MPL, hashtag elitist. Nice. Uh, and <laughs> so I thought we'd bring on a special guest this week that's also competing and one of my opponents. Um, I mean, technically I do play this person, but they're so far down on the the totem pole of standings that they, they don't really matter to me. I thought you already played like, said person. I did and I lost. Uh, it is none other than Brian <laughs> Brown doing. How's it going, BBD? You know, it's it's going great, and, um, you know, everyone loves an underdog story, Mr. Nelson, so they're going to love the underdog story where we battle and once again I defeat you. It, it actually, it's, you know, it's, I don't even know if it's an underdog story, if I just keep always winning, but actually, I, you know, I don't really, it's uh, <laughs> so, losing the, yeah. So I, th- you actually bring up a really good point, and I want to talk to you about this. Okay. Um, do you also feel over the years now you you and I have both been in the the limelight of magic for all three of us have actually for almost a decade now at least definitely both of you longer though I would yeah for sure and, say, and yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Corey doesn't apply to this because Corey's kind of got that like addictive personality where people just want to like Corey because he's just a lovable guy and actually a really decent human being you know <laughs> you know so we're gonna remove Corey Aww. from the situation um. <laughs> 
Corey's just a, a nice, genuine human, unlike the jaded assholes that we are. Is that what you're exactly, trying to say? Exactly. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah. Perfect. Um, perfect. We got a title for this still? episode. <laughs> Two jaded <laughs> assholes and one good yeah. soul. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half assholes. There it is. <laughs> Guys, that's the that's our that was Come on, that was my episode name for the Aspers podcast this yeah. week. <laughs> Fucking plagiarism, Jesus. Like, All right, so um, what, what I'm getting to, though, is have you ever noticed that, you know, both of us at certain times of our career were considered underdogs? Yeah. And then we were not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have actually felt that the magic community loves underdog stories to the point where once you're no longer the underdog, you're the enemy. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's the Tom Brady like, effect. Like, <laughs> yeah, like once once I was no longer the underdog around like 2014, like so I was I was the the player of the year and then I was the piece of shit in 2011 and then 2012, 2013 I became the underdog again. Yeah. And a lot I had a lot of support uh, uh and then around 2014-15 I became a pro again and then I lost a lot of that support. <laughs> like so much <laughs> of it. Like I had my dedicated fans but like just that yeah. feeling that Twitter has your back was gone. Oh, for a hundred percent. I, I, I went from, it was the same for me. Like I went from being somebody that people loved because I, you know, started from the bottom. Like I started just grinding PTQs, grinding STG opens. I wasn't even like doing that well in them. And I just kept getting better at the game and I just worked my ass off to get better and better at the game. And people loved that story of success. Mm-hmm. But then once I actually achieved success, and was continually achieving success, which should be like a good story. You know, like that should be like an uplifting story. But once I got to that point, I, I just was that asshole at the top that people hated. Yeah, so like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I had exactly the same thing where it was like before it was like everyone on Twitter was rooting for me to do well in tournaments. And like, you know, people were like, I hope you get there, man. Like, you know, I've been, I've been following your trajectory or whatever. And then once I finally got there, everyone's like, just gone you know it's (laughs) oh yeah so so when you say like a true underdog story like you really it's true the magic community loves an underdog story yeah yeah see the secret to that is just don't win that much y'all and now you know people still seem to uh have my back you know as long as i just don't win any major tournaments (laughs) mr mr almost three thousand followers or you know viewers (laughs) on on uh twitch this weekend yeah that was the crazy hold on that was the craziest thing ever but once i won they all left. Once I won <laughs> yeah. that 1K, everybody left. It had nothing to do with the fact that I ended the stream after that 1K, but right. everyone, nobody was my friend yeah, anymore. They all were gone. They mm-hmm. were out. Yeah, they went over gotta... to like Caleb or something. It, huh, well, he was still in his journey to on the ascent. It had nothing to do with the raid to Caleb either, I don't think, but. Oh man, you, know, oh, I, you, you, you did something I, could, I don't think I'll ever get in my life. What? Raid Caleb with more people than he has viewers it was honestly low-key one of one of it's always one of my favorite accomplishments anytime i get half of the viewers of caleb because caleb actually is my favorite stream to watch i just i really like his music i think he's a chill guy um and i you know we're just friends in real life so i like to watch him a lot but he always streams at about the same time i do same with wyatt darby and both of them are just, you know, dominant in the time frame that we stream. So anytime I get remotely close to those two, I feel pretty good. So that was uh that was a sweet moment. 
I got, yeah. I got to ask you, Corey. It sounds like yeah. your stream's going pretty well. Do you think there's a chance you might be the second fastest growing stream in the month of February? <laughs> no, there's no way. I never, I didn't okay. have that much growth that, uh, you know, people, okay. previous winners of that accolade award, you know, won in the past. But I still but, wish we would know how, why that happened. Yeah, me too. But yeah. honestly, when you guys are both talking about all these underdog stories, I really prefer the updog stories. You know, I think they're way better. What, what's, what's up, dog? Yeah. Oh, you got me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I like how I beat you two, both of us, just playfully leaning into it. Thank yeah, you, you beat me. You. you beat me to purposely getting owned. Fine. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll I, leave I, it at purposefully, boys. I'm I know the, I got you good. I'm the second fastest up dog. <laughs> Bader in the month of February. <laughs> All right. So, so and that's so, a good time to segue. Good call, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I felt it coming. Um, so uh, this weekend is MPL league play for, for Brian and I, and we're going to be talking about that. We did think we were going to have a fun little thing to talk about because Zachary Keeney um, tweeted out earlier this morning. They said that said submitted the objectively worst card. I think I've ever played and constructed for this MPL league weekend. <laughs> and then Paulo said, I also submitted the same card and it's likely in the top five objectively worst cards I've ever played and constructed. Can anyone <laughs> guess what it is? And we, we had all of our guesses ready and then somebody actually figured it out and it's been posted. Yeah. Um, uh, which is cauldron something. What's it scalding, called? Scalding, scalding cauldron. cauldron, which makes all of us assume that that is an anti white, white card. Um, yeah. It doesn't even seem like that good of one, though, because, like, the one creature can protect it still, but, um, so what yeah, we're talking you about know is what the, I thought about, the three, though? two, real quick, just so people okay. know, the white weenie decks play the three, two that gives pro white, or that, that has pro white. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to grab the deck. Archon, Archon of Absolution. Yes, Archon of, of Absolution, and it's really good in the mirror, so this is tech to kill your opponent's one, um, but my my question is, you know, because it's still it's not going to work through a selfless savior. It's not going to work if uh, I guess you can't target it. Never mind. It actually has protection, not hexproof. So Maul of the Skyclaves can't even be equipped to it. So I guess it's always going to have two toughness. Oh, you can't even target it with selfless savior. Never mind. Mm. You can't even protect it because it has protection. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, see, I kind of thought it was something to do with, like, Showdown, like, trying to kill, like, Dranath Magistrate, but I guess you can't even, like, play it off of Showdown, so it, it doesn't seem like it would be no. that, so it's got to be a anti-mono-white card. Uh, that would be the only thing that would really make sense. Yeah. I, I had but, my guess, yeah. though. My guess was Colossal Plow. Mm. Uh, the the six um, vehicle that, like, attacks for six or something, right? Yeah, and it played in Rakdos where you have a bunch of six sixes. Okay, okay. Um, I actually, I, just, I, I actually had the ox set aside as a possibility, which I guess goes with Brad's plow. What's the ox? <laughs> the thing that crews the plow. It's oh, like a the two actual mana ox, six the or something, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the actual, the actual fucking ox. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that. Oh, I, I'm glad. Uh, you know, Paulo's not playing that one. That one's seems a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, but but you know that that makes you think like what you actually what was the worst card you ever played in a tournament? Does anyone have an actual like hands down this is the worst card I ever played in a tournament? Oh, 100%, but it I literally played it because it was bad. Oh, Squire. Yeah. Squire, yeah. <laughs> Squire, yeah. It's easily Squire is the worst card I've ever registered, but <sighs> if I'm talking about cards that I registered like as a real card for my deck, I I was thinking about that. I 
I honestly I couldn't think of anything. That I can't was think like of anything that really stands out. Um, yeah, I usually so just I, kind of play good decks, but you know, I'm sure there was some bad card selection in in some of the sideboard slots or something. But I can't really think of anything. Yeah, I mean, mine, mine I think is uh, is Treefall Carbringer. I mean, it was good in the deck, but in the vacuum, it's a terrible card. Sure. Yeah, I don't think that. Can, I don't think that can even come close, though. I don't think that can as, count. As that's the like worst, a role player. As the worst card I ever played. It's a one mana tutor, like. Yeah, sure. That's a I mean, that's maybe it doesn't, but it does bring me to my literal favorite magic story of all time uh, of testing, Pro Tour testing, was when Kibler wanted to put this into a Doran deck, and Tom Ross, Kibler, and I are all testing these Doran decks. And because the, the initial list everyone's trying to build didn't have Tree Fork Harbinger in it, mm. um, but they were still playing, you know, they're still Tree Fork decks. And and the reason that this deck was really good is this was during a period of time where the extended format, quote unquote extended, was only pretty much two set standard. So it was like the last four years of, of legal sets, which meant there wasn't a dual land to fetch for, except for um, Murmuring the, Boss, Murmuring Boss, the Tree Folk one. Ah, so okay. if you if you had a way to keep that's why it was Tree Folk is because you actually had a good mana base. Um, for a three-color deck. And the deck was actually really good, and we did well with it. But during the testing process, the fun part was LSV. If I remember this correctly, and, and maybe somebody will let, let them know that I said this and then correct me. But at the beginning, we're like, we're playing Trooper Carbringer. And LSV's like, I'm not playing Trooper Carbringer. I'll put, I, I like, there's no way I'm playing more than one Trooper Carbringer. And then the next day, he's like, there's no way I'm playing more than two Tree Folk Harbingers. <laughs> Just every day, the next day Yeah, it's until the last day where it's like, we are 100% playing four Tree Folk Harbinger. He's like, there's no way I'm playing more than four Tree Folk Harbingers. Yeah, yes. yeah exactly, yeah. It was just so, like every day. It was like, I'm not, we are, they argued for hours. Kibler and him were just arguing. He's like, I'm not playing more than two of this card. Nice, nice. I'm not playing more than three of this fucking. Co- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, but, I really can't but, think of uh, <laughs> any besides like root snare in you know uh, Nexus fog decks. But that doesn't a fog yeah, does not count. Yeah, yeah, like that doesn't. It has to be a card that's just bad. You know, like like, like yeah. shimmering grotto. Martin says maybe is the worst card we played once. I I've played that card before. I mean, the thing is, is that's part of the mana base like it's hard mm. to say that you know what i'm saying but like we're talking about objectively bad cards and constructed yeah but like a like somber world sage then i don't know i don't know what you are justifying as a bad card that's not a bad that's not a bad card like shimmering grotto is a very bad card but it's part of your mana base and like sometimes you have to, to play you have to play things like that to make your mana base work okay like, so Scal- then, we have to, Scalding- then we have to define it as worst card like Scalding Cauldron is an objectively horrible card. Yeah, like it is. It is. It yeah. is four mana to deal three damage. Like that is an objectively horrible card. Realistically, we played that Black Squire mm-hmm. that explores because we played like two of them in uh, the last Pro Tour in our Golgari list uh, to help with Wild Growth Walker as like an additional Jade Light Ranger and Merfolk Branch Walker Tree Walker whatever. That was pretty bad. I still don't think it's the worst card I've ever submitted. Yeah, yeah. that card is definitely bad. That's like, definitely so, on so, the level, though. Yeah, that's more the in line of what I'm thinking. But yeah, I think that card is probably too good. But yeah, that that's definitely more in line with like. Yeah, I almost want to say Merfolk Glitter is the worst card I ever played. 
Ooh, or what about Boomerang, Brad? Boomerang in that Magna no, that was you great. Boomerang was good. Boomerang. All right, all right. Like the only reason there's ever been any like tribal decks where you've just played a, in a, an incredibly shitty card just because it's a folk harbinger. <laughs> no, but that, that card is a tutor. Like that's a, like a literal tutor. Realistically, probably one of the worst one is a toolbox deck that we played. And it was like, we want to play one of these toolbox creatures because we think it might have some backdoor application to something. And it was just like, okay, we never search for this ever. I think, you I know? mean, the, the, I remember objectively the worst decision I made and card was Morphok Looter. And I took second with a mono blue architect deck where oh, yeah. I boarded Morphok After round five, I realized that it was just unplayable in the deck because I didn't test. <laughs> and I boarded it out every round after that, no matter what my opponent was. It was just like, I <laughs> yeah. must get all these Morphok Looters out of my deck. Yeah, now that's the I kind of card in? we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> All right, enough on this topic. That that is a funny argument, but yeah, I think I think we nailed it. The Bash Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the deck bot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies. Protect. Store. Display. Slogans. Marketing. Magic. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so you're doing commentary this weekend. Your yeah. work starts now. Brian and I mm -hmm. have submitted our decks. Now, I can't give my deck list out because I, I may or may not have teammates playing it, and I don't want to give it out so people know yeah. the exact configuration of our deck and test against it because we don't get deck lists till saturday but i can say what i'm playing and i think brian will say what he's playing and we know a lot about standard so how about we help you this week okay prepare you for your coverage role that sounds amazing that sounds amazing so how about we start with just what you guys are playing um and anything you guys got to say about your deck i can't discuss this at this time i thought you said you were gonna say what deck you're playing i know i know you just just come with me on my jokes man oh okay how about now? But now, now you made it weird. I'm I'm playing Soltai. <laughs> what else am I playing? <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Soltai, anything? I guess you don't want to answer specific questions, but uh, can you specify I mean, I, ultimatum or control or? Yeah, I'm playing Soltai ultimatum with the. Uh, the deck list is slanted to beat aggro decks, which I do believe we have figured out how to do. Okay, great. Because that is honestly one of the biggest questions that I had is I was playing Soltai Ultimatum for the F2K Valentine's Day event and I was just playing the stock one that won one of the SCGs and I was just that was the week that mono red snow and mono white snow kind of just rose to popularity like overnight it seemed and I was just getting destroyed so I basically got off the deck and my initial brain was to transition to a deck that had white base removal. You know, I like I really thought Glass Casket was really good since the, uh, against those style of decks. Um, but, you know, if I was going to play in the MPL Rivals League weekend, I would assume that there'd be a lot of rogues and Sultai decks. So that would be something scary for me to play. So I think my initial reaction would be to try to make a Sultai deck work. But I never did try, and it seemed pretty tough to me because I was getting destroyed. So you were having different experiences? What did you just ask me? Um, uh, no, it's hard It's hard to follow exactly what you're saying there. But I will say that 
I I do think that the deck can be built to beat aggressive decks, but it it is it is difficult to build it to beat everything. Um, and so I I definitely like our ninety five card configuration, and um, I mean it's also close. I think this I think this format has a lot of close matchups, and some that like you know like I don't want to play against teamer fucking adventure dragon counterspell deck whatever that deck is called team or taking turns mm. where it just you know it just it's it's a obosh deck yeah the jerry thompson and, uh the jerry thompson uh, list is that the jerry thompson deck yep he wrote about it last week and it started popping up a lot it has four gold span dragon usually just like one genesis ultimatum in the main and like one in the board and an all runs epiphany um and just oh no all that wasn't jerry's kind of. deck that was that was a deck that that was already around this the one that did he pl- did he play Obosh and stuff? Yeah, and that's what he wrote about. Okay, I remember his list being wildly different. Yeah, than... I mean that's just. Yeah, I think you oh, even yeah. you even commented or commented about it in our uh, our work Slack about that deck list that or that article oh, that he was going to post. Oh yeah, but I thought it was going to be about the a different exact deck list. Also, he did mm. he made a brazen error in his article. That no yeah. one else should make. A brazen borrower. No, he brazen plays borrower. <laughs> he only plays one mountain. Oh, that it's just a no-no because then if you don't draw any other of your red sources and you draw that red source, then then you can't fetch for your second red. Mm. Which which just happens in a fable passage mana base. That'll yeah. just that'll just happen in these mana bases. Yeah, one thing I learned about fabled passage mana base is just put a basic in your deck that. Is long for X amount that you could cast every single spell in your deck. So if you have Elspeth Conqueror's Death, make sure you play two planes, you know. Genesis except, Ultimatum, make sure you play each uh except one, one of mountain spells. to cast Tybalt. Don't do that, right? <laughs> yeah, don't put a mountain to cast Tybalt in your Soul Tide decks. That that one hurts too hard for your ultimatums, <laughs> that's for sure. That is outrageous guess, to me. I, I saw guess a couple every, of those. I guess every rule has an exception. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought uh I thought Soul Tide, I mean I thought that Sultai would probably be the best deck. It just takes people being able to accurately build the list against the metagame. I mean, it's the same thing that it always is for those kinds of decks. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I personally would never get there, so I didn't even bother. But So would you play Dizzle? I'm playing Rogues. Okay, cool, cool. Like, Any Anything special about your list, or are you feeling good about it? Um... No, I don't. I don't really feel that great about it. Like I, I don't feel bad about it either. But I wanted to play a deck that I was comfortable with that I felt was kind of immune to metagaming. I guess you could say mm-hmm. where I felt with any of these other decks, I had to know the metagame pretty well to be able to figure out how to play them. Um, you know, like how are you building your soul tie deck against the metagame? Like that's a question that you have to answer if you want to play soul tie. Mm-hmm. And that was a question that I was never going to be able to answer. So like, I didn't even bother. Whereas rogues is pretty set. Like the list for rogues is pretty set. There's a couple of flex slots or whatever, but for the most part, the deck list is pretty set. You don't yeah. have to mess around with that much. Um, so I kind of gravitated towards that deck. 
Uh, whether it's actually good in the format or not, I I, I don't know the answer to that. But. So I think the first question that I have with Rose, because I don't play a ton of the deck. I picked it up and played like two or three matches this week just because I like to play every single deck before I commentate. Um, but I, I'm struggling to first beat Red because they have so much, you know, they have so much escape cards post board with Phoenix and Ox um, that it felt really difficult. And I just... The more I kept thinking about rogues, I don't really know what decks I want to play against, except Yorian decks, and not even necessarily Sultai. Like I've had a fair win percentage from the Sultai side against rogues. So, like, what are the matchups that you actually want to play against, and what matchups are you afraid of? Um, I think you you generally want to play against the blue decks, like even Sultai. I, I- I mean, maybe not. I don't know if the, if the Sultai deck is prepared for it, they might have a matchup advantage. But in general, I, I do think that you are typically favored in, in any of those like kind of going long type matchups. Um, you definitely don't want to play against the like Gruul. I think Gruul is the primary deck that you don't want to play against okay. uh, because Gruul just has a like you you'll game one you'll probably win some amount of like if you know, reasonable amount of the time, like 55% or 53, I don't know, not that much, but you're still probably ahead game one. Mm-hmm. But after board, once they get oxes and stuff, it becomes pretty tough to beat Gruul. I actually, but. I actually will actually disagree with you right now from being from the Gruul person perspective. Okay. Um, And sorry to cut you off here, but about the Gruul matchup, I only think Gruul is favored against Demir when it is hyper-focused on Demir rogues. And right now it's impossible for for Gruul to focus. Like if you if you look at a lot of the most recent deck lists from Gruul, which I think is a good deck choice in this in this current metagame, or or a good a good choice for MPL Rivals League play. Um Gruul? yeah, I think Gruul is actually pretty good set up right now. But the thing is, the one thing is that you don't have room for all the oxes right now because you need Ox isn't good against Sultai, and it's only really good against Esper and Four Color, which aren't really that highly played. And you really need to have enough cards for all these aggressive matchups. Um, and a Crow and War and like Scorching Dragon Fires and stuff. Yeah, even even right now, my list, my last list, the one I almost reg- played for League Play, um, had a even a Red Cap Melee because one of the things that you're starting to see because of how Mono Red is built. Um, Torben's actually kind of a fucked up magic card in red now because of not only the one drop that when it dies, it deals one, yeah. but also, also, um, the removal spell frostbite, like be having a one mana removal spell that can take down a five, five, a love Stark beast in mm. combination with the Torben makes Torben really, really good right now. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And so I, you know, because they have good removal against us and they can, they have also a lot of ways to kill a Lovestruck Beast that they used to not have. So I can't really rely on Lovestruck Beast as much as I used to. I, I have, I've been playing with one or two Red Cat Melees because getting a Torben off the board is very important. And they've um, been playing Goldspan Dragon as of late, like yep, one or exactly, two copies. Yep. So yeah, that, that's and, a good call. Yeah. And, but so with all of that, like my Rogues matchup has actually become, I think, bad. Mm. Because I mean that that's interesting because Gruel Adventures in that slot, I feel it was Soul Seer, right? Because you wanted to compete with other Lovestruck beasts, but just the prevalence of mono red and just 
turning that matchup into a bit of a bad matchup you felt it was enough to sacrifice against other love struck beasts to play no, I, have both. I have one red cat melee and three soul seer in my oh list. wow okay yeah no kidding that makes sense they don't have a lot of room for uh yeah that i don't cards. have all, jesus yeah that i don't have all of the prophecies or scorching dragon fires um and and oxes yeah if, yeah, if there's not a like if, if they're cutting on fire prophecies and they're cutting on I don't think I think fire prophecy is a lot better than dragon fire, but yeah, they're just, cutting on yeah. fire prophecies and cutting on on oxes and phoenixes and stuff. And yeah, like I could I could definitely see rogues being favored in the matchup. I mean, I, I still think it's it's probably close. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I think gruel is one of those decks where like it can still beat rogues even without the hate. You know, if 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 the gameplay just allows for things to happen, you know, like sometimes you just get a great hench down and it's over you know but yeah and i mean i'm looking at data you know that's brought to us by melee and mtg data for week four and it just has a 75 percent win rate up against rogue so that doesn't yeah. look great but then again i do think this data always is undermining rogues because the best player in the world the best players in the world play rogues so much differently than your average ladder player or your average mtg melee um event player i should say as well since that's where this data is collected um that i think that gets skewed a bit but that still doesn't seem great even if it gets skewed by five ten percent well it's also small sample sizes like yeah um like you just you can't really and we don't know what the deck lists are here you have to take it from your own you know perception like for example like if i look at this and it says mono red aggro is 40 percent or soul is 40 percent against mono red but in my eternal testing, the reason why I chose my deck is because our deck list is, I don't know what all these Soltai Ultimatum deck lists look like. Mm-hmm. And in my internal testing, I was going, you know, 60% with Soltai against Seth Manfield playing Monoray. Yeah. And I mean, and that, so, that makes sense if you got some yeah. extra tech in your list that that changes it. Because you know these Soltai Ultimatum decks are the exact cookie cutter list of, you know, what was winning the SCGs the week before and you know th- those are the same deck lists that i was playing against red and struggling so that makes sense to me without any changes that it would be a bad matchup yeah and so you know like i i, I definitely also i think that rogues is kind of one of those high risk high reward decks that does seem like well positioned here because i do think people if they're are not going to be focused on rogues that much like i put you on playing rogues brian but there's like so few other people in the mpl that i would consider playing rogues yeah like like i i think maybe maybe the pantheon team plays rogues maybe but probably not i um, would i would put them on soul tie before rogues if I exactly else, and but... so there's no one else really that i would put on playing rogues yeah, at least in the yeah. mpl I, you know i spent a lot of time thinking about my 11 opponents yeah. And some of them have teammates and stuff. To be fair, I didn't put Paulo on Mono White. So um Is is he confirmed on that? No, no but no. but why would you play that card if you're not playing white to beat white? Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe, maybe we got it wrong and white's really, really good. It could be. Hey, and that leads us uh to the next question I really want to ask y'all is like what is the best aggressive deck right now? Because we see mono white being really good, and then we saw mono red being good. And Gruul has always kind of been this, you know, very consistent, strong choice. Which one is even the best now? Or maybe this Naya combo deck can be considered an aggro deck? Like, what what do you guys like right now? 
Um, to start this off, I think there are five aggressively leaning aggressive decks that are all competitive. Well, actually, okay. six if you count to Rogues. I think I don't. Uh, okay, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so count I that think, as an aggro deck. I think yeah, cool. that that would be a weird classification. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gruel, Red, White, Naya, and Cyclone are all aggressively leaning decks. Mm-hmm. Um. And all five of them, I think, are competitive, but like where their metagame samples are come from is like, I think red is better than white. Okay. Against um, the non-aggressive decks, but I think white is better against uh, the aggressive decks, if that makes any sense, what I'm trying to say. Oh, it definitely does. Skyclave Apparition, I think, is the card that, uh, makes that pretty clear too. That card is just so good in the mirror and against red. Yeah, like I like I I think that I would much rather play white if so. I think white is worse against um like the data that I've seen. I think white is bad against the combo deck because you're just not fast enough and you and they put enough things to block. Mm-hmm. But red red is because it can actually interact. Um, but white I think beats red, or is favored against it. Okay. And Gruel, I think, has a better... Gruel is just slightly better than Red, but it can't make its matchup better than that. Whereas I think Gruel, by just having enough interaction for artifacts and enough Soulseers, has a pretty good mono-white matchup. Um, oh. As long as it, it can target it. It can just play enough Great Henges and enough removal spells that are actually interacting. And then it's and then it's got a good white matchup. But if it's playing Dragons and Embercleaves, it's not going to have a good matchup. But right now, I think it's Gruel has to interact with White. It has to choose to interact with creature decks. Mm-hmm. Um, because Gruel, Gruel's failed experiment was Soltai, where Gruel was like, I'm going to put all these dragons and Embercleaves in my deck and all these haste creatures, and I'm going to beat Soltai. And it still didn't beat Soltai. Yeah, that's the next thing I was going to bring up, is it feels like Gruel can't be the best aggro deck to me just for the Soltai matchup. Like, Gruel and Naya variants with Showdown and stuff, every time I saw... You know, I mean, maybe not necessarily an innkeeper turn one because that's still scary. But every time I saw a love struck, a heart's desire turn one, I felt really good from the Soltai side just because you could one for one these big creatures and just keep them off the Great Henge. And then I felt like my late game was so good. They never had enough time to actually finish the game. Um, Would you agree? Say that what say that again? What two decks? I, like Gruul and Naya, like these adventure packages. From the Soltai side, I would much rather be playing against those because they're just not as hyper aggressive. And you were able to one for one remove all like Lovestruck Beasts and Mammoths and just keep them off the Great Henge. And as long as you kept them off the Great Henge, your late game of Emergent Ultimatum was just so much better than everything they were doing. Oh, I don't even think you care about their Great Henges. You care about their Embercleaves because, like, yeah. But I mean, they go hand in hand. Killing the big creatures stops both of them from being. Yeah, but you can just sweep sweep the board and tap them out. Like when you cast an ultimatum, you're putting like messed up things into play. Um, and 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 you know the great hand. You have a bunch of ways to kill the great hand, and I've never worried that. That's more of a card that you want and play against the aggressive decks. Um, like. You know kind of I mean? almost, it kind of yeah. almost feels like a traditional format in that, like you have a white deck that beats the red deck but loses to the green deck. You know, like mm-hmm. it just no, feels I, like yeah. the normal thing where it's like, I, I don't know. It you feels know, like have... a good metagame shift, 
And that's just what standard has been like the last like three weeks to a month. Um, it's just rotating constantly. <laughs> it's, you know, it's some we're not used to because it's just these ramp decks were dominant or there was just a very clear best deck. So that, that has been nice for the format for sure. Well, the real thing, the real interesting thing is how good is the Nyakamba deck? I think the most interesting thing going into this weekend is if people actually registered it because mm -hmm. I played with it. I liked it. I thought it was a, a decent deck choice, but it has a fail rate. And that's always frustrating to me of like, if I'm going to play against a lot of good players and my deck has a fail rate, I don't actually know how good it is. And we played internally and we tried our best to get enough games in, but we didn't. And I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I think that I have to predict that right now standard is very skill intensive because um, I usually for the last couple months, I haven't been mythic. I, I don't test a ton, but I still like get stuck in diamond. And mm -hmm. for the last two weeks, I have been in the top 20 in Mythic the entire time. Um, okay. I Like, I'm number four or five right now. I win almost every match that I play, and I've been playing a bunch of different decks. I keep trying different decks. Um, so, when Brad, so when Brad's winning, it's a skill-intensive format, but when Brad's losing, it's a luck-based format? Is yeah, that that's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the... Well, I mean, that, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, I honestly believe that there's something there. Like, Yeah, I mean, you're usually uh, very dialed in, and it makes sense if your win rate is really high during some formats and it's not during the other. You know, there's some factors that could be, like, you're not interested as much or whatever, but for the most part, I would believe that, you know, the less... Also, every, the less every, I, think there's, I think there's some correlation there, but I also think that certain people are just better at certain formats than other people, so yeah, yeah. I wouldn't always... I wouldn't always draw that conclusion, but well, I'm not going to always draw, but, but also using the context of the format, like almost every deck has like, like split cards. Like every card is almost a split card. Like Naya combo, for example, like it's a bunch of like a bunch of options all the time. All your cards are two different cards. Mm -hmm. and I mean, that's kind of been the case. That's kind of been the way the format's been for a while. Since Eldraine, since Eldraine, since adventure cards in the first place. Mm, I, it's way different if you look at the Nyakon. Like, like if you look at the last format compared to this format, I think all of the decks are way more sophisticated. Like mm. Mono White, it has a bunch of protection. It has a a creature land is a creature land has been added to the format. You have a lot of different ways to target your stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this format is way more robust and complex than the previous one. Definitely, um, I one hundred percent agree. And the, the Mono Red deck. It got got three new cards, four new cards that make it way more. I think the decision trees are way more complex as well. And Uro got killed. You know, that was the biggest thing for Mono Red is you were just, you could not play that deck with Uro around. And now that you get some additional options and that card is dead, it, it makes sense that Mono Red came back pretty strong. Yeah. And, and I mean, some of the, some of the more complex decks from last format have been pushed out like Mono Green Food yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, that is crazy. food is gone. Um, well, it just can't beat an ultimatum. Yeah, can't beat Sultai ever. No, it can't beat an ultimatum. And like, there's Esper. Esper Doom is turned into four color Doom because the uncommon uh, old gods oh, binding the old gods is way better than Elspeth Conquers Death, which is kind of funny to me. I know it's sad to me because we had so many good times, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree with that as well. Um, but that was one of my questions as well, is these Esper base decks, 
do they really have any room in the format? Because naturally when I see all these aggressive decks like white, red, gruel, um, maybe not cycling because that uh, Zenith Flare is, is pretty good against that, but that's the kind of deck I want to play is a deck with a bunch of glass caskets, Elspeth's Nightmare, Doom Foretold and stuff like that to beat up on those decks. Um, is, is that deck still good or is it just unplayable now? Well, I just have one quick thing to say then you can add, Brian, if you have something, but I thought so, and I wrote about Esper being good, and then looking at the data, it has no good matchups. <laughs> I, I did the same too, bro. I did it for the what we would play. I was like, this has got to be good without playing it, and then I played like five matches, and I went like four and one, and it seemed okay, but it doesn't seem good with the data. That's for sure. I just, I don't I don't think it's a good deck. I think it's just so one-dimensional. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I just like, I just think the strategy is just flawed with how one-dimensional it is but maybe maybe i'm wrong i don't know i i don't think you are um because yeah. i in theory it should be good but in practice i i, I almost lost every game one with the deck mm-hmm. um and that felt bad when i was playing with it losing every game one with the deck just feels like it's inherently flawed mm-hmm. just in the sense that you're not doing something as powerful as everyone else and you're just trying to react to them yeah um but you're then, also just playing all these inflexible cards. Like you're just like you're drawing glass caskets against Soul Tire. You know, like I, the cards in your deck are just so inflexible of what they do. Like Yeah. And that's the thing is that you know that deck <laughs> is gonna be bad against Soul Tie and it's gonna probably struggle against rogues. But I do also just think these Esper deck Esper Doom decks are just built wrong these days because like everybody just wants to add like three or four eliminates, three or four heartless acts into your deck to think that is the way to beat them. But then you're not really playing the Esper Doom gameplay, which is just getting stuff to the battlefield, having stuff to sacrifice. And then Doom has just been, it's felt very bad to me in that deck. And it used to be the best card, you know? I like, so, the, I like yeah. the Raven card, that Raven's uh, enchantment, whatever it's called. Yeah, it's interesting, but it it sometimes is just much worse than Omen of the Sun for me when yeah, I played it. Same. Yeah, and like some it's yeah, sometimes list. it's been fucked up for me. Like I got to draw a card, I got to put, you know, either a land or a bomb on top of my deck. Um, I think the thing I like the most about it is you didn't have to play Dance of the Mance in the main, and you could just kind of treat it as just have one of them in your sideboard instead of having to draw that card early. But other than that, like sometimes I just want an omen of the sun. I yeah, I really don't like the third chapter on that card, which just says lose to to uh timeouts or whatever they're called ropes um just just fighting your own sunken cost fallacy uh because i have invested all this time into this card but there's not a fucking card in my sideboard i want (laughs) but i'm thinking so hard if i want one of them because i have the option and i feel like i should (laughs) yeah i i'm i'm not a big believer anymore but i really thought that was going to be a good counter to this metagame looking forward to this week but you know it it didn't I didn't have a great result with it, needless to say. What's what's really funny is I actually have that's the deck I've struggled the most testing with Sultai. Mm-hmm. Because after Cyborg, they just have negates, strokes, disputes, duresses, card advantage. And then even when I do my thing, they have Doom Foretolds and ways to destroy what I'm de- trying to develop. Mm-hmm. And I've lost to that deck a lot. And so I think that Esper Doom built well piloted well has a favorable soul time matchup but no one else in the world agrees with me and yeah. so i don't know if it's my builds that are the problem or my play or if i'm right i have no idea but it doesn't matter because i played Mangucci last week 
or last That's fair. Like, yeah. So I don't, it doesn't matter for me. It matters for Seth Manfield, but it doesn't hey, matter for me. Sean Emanuel yeah. could play it. He's he's played it in the past. <laughs> no, I had the That's same. True. I had the same results too, bro. Like with three shark typhoons and just a bunch of counter spells, you just turn into you know something resembling the team of reclamation post board configuration when that was still really big and standard. And uh, yeah, I, I was having some pretty good results against Soltai as well, post board, but I would lose every game one. It wouldn't even be close, you know? Just be holding yeah. three duress or three heartless acts in my hand or whatever and, and just get run over. Yeah, it just it, it just happens. So yeah, I don't think Esper Doom is gonna have a good weekend and be a good mm. deck choice. Um huh? I yeah, I don't know. What what's your next what's your next question? So uh next question I have is I look at the Naadex and I look at Gruel and I just the more and more I look at Showdown of the Scalds, right when it started, I was just I, I thought this was gonna be the best card in the set, and I've been getting lower and lower on it. Um Soltai being one of the big reasons why, but also all these hyper aggressive decks. Playing from the hyper-aggressive side, I'm just like, please take your turn four off to play a showdown and then cast one or two of, cast one or two of those spells and let me know what you're going to play because it's face up. So I I just, I, I'm looking at the data and I'm seeing Nea doing a little bit better, but I'm wondering which one would you think is better, the Nea adventures with showdown or Gruul adventures for this weekend? Um... So I think, I think um, one is I would split these decks up just because they're playing the adventure package doesn't mean that they're like similar, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I do think that showdown has proven to be a combo card just like dragon has. Yeah. Um, and and I get, sorry to interrupt you, bro. I just wanted to clarify one thing. It, it's so weird because this week it really changed to turn to a combo deck, but you know, like last week or the week before it was just giant killers and showdown. And then those decks felt really similar, but I, I do understand the changes now. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely tried adding it to, to Gruul, but I, I think Gruul just, you know, the way we have to look at Gruul is look at it like a mid-range deck, and it has a lot of dimensions. You can choose to play removal spells, um, or you can choose to try to be Ember Cleave and really fast. I mean, there's a lot of ways to build it, but um, Showdown... You know, when when you're putting that in a bad deck, it shows, right? If you're putting this and your deck's already too slow, it's going to be even slower. Mm -hmm. And if you put it in too fast of a deck, it's one dimensional. If you put it with removal, you're going to draw bad sometimes. Yeah, it really um, shows the deck down, you know? Yes. And uh, <laughs> but in a combo deck that has adventures means that you're you're more likely to use them. And so I actually I, I, I have faith that this Naya combo deck is going to be real. I do believe someone is going to show up with a very tuned version of it. Mm -hmm. And um and, and we'll see where things go from there. But um okay. I definitely I definitely do think Naya combo has has a chance to be one of the better performing decks of the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I could see like someone like Matt Nast doing really well with it. Th these are the kind of decks that I feel like he loves to tune and yeah. work on. Yeah, it does seem like it could be that surprise factor. Uh, you know, I mean, I could count on one hand the amount of times I've actually played against it on the ladder, so I for sure don't really know. And I, I'm, I'm yet to play it. That's kind of my homework tonight is to give that kind of variant uh, a try. But I wasn't sure about those two. Yeah, I also like, uh, you know, like Reed's deck that he 
stream today. I don't know if he's playing that or nothing. Like it's just mm-hmm. Gruel Adventures actually splashing to be like the Naya deck mm-hmm. with giant killers and showdowns and four great henge. Like I'm assuming that's a joke. I'm mean, yeah. assuming he's just playing it for fun. Um, I would assume he wouldn't play with his deck. Yeah, he's well, done it before. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, he's done it before. Um, but but yeah, I think that that. In in my opinion, I think Naya is a better choice than Gruul, unless people show up with like mono red and mono white, because um I do think like mono well more mostly mono red. I think mono red is primed for a good weekend if um people ignore it. Mm-hmm. Because I do think it just um it just has a good matchup against everything that isn't these like Gruel Naya white decks. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to look at. You know, I I really think all of these, you know, top five, top six decks, um, like Mono White, Gruel, Red, Salta Ultimatum, Nea, Combo, and Rogues, like, they're all really primed to have a good weekend if any of them forget about it. You know, I saw, like, even a tweet from Autumn Burchett, like, my deck, I really like my deck, but it could go really bad or it could go really well. And it just seems like that's the case for every deck right now. If you want to be prepared for a deck there's really high impact sideboard cards almost you know almost like older formats really i don't know about like legacy but kind of reminds me a little bit of modern where you have like two of each card like two celestial purge two engineered explosives two aether gust two veil because like you don't you want to be prepared for every matchup and the the sideboard cards are such <coughs> high impact and standard these days that it feels like it's going to be just who's prepared for the right set of decks that they play against yeah, it's also, but it's also there's some matchups where you just don't have that. Like, I don't think Mono Red has any cards that's going to make it good against Mono White. Um, like, that's uh, that just... cauldron. That cauldron. Yeah, what, are we, uh, what about Scalding <laughs> yeah. Cauldron? Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Scalding Cauldron is the card that's going to tip the scales there. Um, yeah, that's a good point, though. You don't really want, like, Pyroclasms against White. That's not your big haymaker. Uh, a crow and war can still get skyclave apparition. Yeah, I can't really think of a great one there. It's just like if they do the things that they need to do, they they have a huge advantage in the games. Yeah, you um, want to be proactive against them and make sure you can somewhat deal with their creatures that get equipped with a mall. Like that seems like the way that red loses a lot. Yeah, I I so so here here's my best advice for anyone that's played in the MIQs. Um, I want to help you figure out this weekend, but honestly, for 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 your stuff, I definitely think that it's going to the pictures are going to be painted by the metagame, and whoever you know brought the right deck is also going to have picked that for a reason, and they just got lucked out and they got their right metagame, right? Mm-hmm. And those people are going to be like, hell yeah, we predicted it, and other people are going to be, you know, that's just how it goes. That's mm-hmm. how narratives work. It's boring, but that's just what happens. But for MIQ people, um. We were talking in the Discord, and a few people didn't know you could do this. Just so you know, when you submit for your MIQs, I'm pretty sure Sandy Dog told me this, and I trust Sandy Dog. You can you can register in that two hour window before submitting a deck. Mm. Um, and so if you if your goal for the weekend is to win the MIQ and you don't have any time constraints, my suggestion would be to register without submitting your deck yet, and then look through once the deck list get posted for this weekend because 72 of the best magic players or 70 of the best magic players now i guess um Hmm. are going to be 
you know, posting their deck lists or they're going to be going live before we start playing. And there might be some new tech. And if you ignore all that tech and register your deck early, you might be playing against a new metagame because like, what if Autumn's Naya deck or Matt Nass's Naya deck or whatever is like primed for the weekend? Yeah, and that's interesting because if decklists were released the day before the MIQ, the one thing I always expect and this happens every single time after a pro tour or mythic championship is that the metagame turns into exactly what the tournament was, right? Like people just play co copy paste those decks. They're like, I trust those people. I'm going to just play this list. They spent a whole week testing. And then that actually opens up a really big window to metagame those decks. But I, I don't think with that time constraint, you can possibly do that, you know? If I could offer one professional piece of advice, it's this: don't mm. copy paste my deck. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Just save yourself the trouble. Don't do it. Fair, fair. <laughs> that that much confidence. You know, I did see your list, and I th I thought it was some some really cool, um, you know, inclusions for the matchups. Like, I, th I think you have a lot of the matchups in mind. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't like. I'm not trying to say that in a negative light, but it's mm -hmm. like. I don't have any fucking clue what the metagame is going to be. And like, you know, I'm saying like I, I, I picked rogues because of my familiarity with it. And because I felt like it kind of like what Brad was saying, like if the metagame is favorable for it and it's not even like a metagame, it's just like, if people just don't have the right cards for rogues, it could be a very strong deck. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it almost felt like playing, this is probably a really really bad analogy but playing like dredge where it's like your deck is already built for you and if this is the week that people didn't bring the graveyard hate like you'll probably do really well and if it's the mm -hmm. week that people did bring graveyard hate you'll probably do really bad but there's not really like metagaming choices to be made there you know like yeah yeah oh that so. makes a lot of sense well that was all the main uh questions i had um you know besides like the the backdoor ones of like should you play cycling should you play rakdos midrange and and i just have the assumption that no you should not play those decks um but other than that got, you know those were my big ones i actually got one question brad mm. did you have a nice shit a nice shit yeah what what? it sounded like you like it it sounded like you like got up and went to the bathroom and then came back I did, and I posted. Yeah. And I took a piss. Oh, you posted! Oh, I, 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 didn't posted the, I didn't even I didn't see. I didn't even see a post either. I just thought I I fucking sleuthed it. Like I I didn't see you post at no, all. No, I posted <laughs> on our thing to be discreet. And wow, okay. Brian, the king of discreet, Brian Brondoen, right there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, impressive. Well, you didn't miss anything, bro. You didn't miss anything. Oh, I didn't. No, you missed. You <laughs> missed it all, man. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, uh, that's the main questions I really had, y'all. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's pretty interesting that you both came to different conclusions, but I guess you guys have done that every single week, so not that interesting. I don't even know if it, it I don't think it's a different conclusion, like... Well, different deck list, different, different yeah. deck archetype, you know? Right, and, but like, yeah. I, I mean, I think my conclusions and Brad's conclusions are probably about the same. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I genuinely think that if you found a soul tie deck that's really good against the predicted metagame it'll probably be the best deck and mm -hmm.
based on Brad playing Soltai, it sounds like they probably found that deck or think that they found that deck. So I, I mean, I think that Brad's deck choice is pretty in line with with my conclusions on the mm. format. So and probably with his as well. So I'm not sure. yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down to what people play. And in my opinion, <laughs> I, 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 I predict that the most likely my gauntlet opponents and I play a couple of like the randoms like I play Shoda. Right, I know my 11 opponents, and one of my opponents is Shota. He's going to play some fucking terrible control deck. Sorry, Shota, I love you. Mm -hmm. I love all of our back and forths, but your control decks are just shitty control decks. And he's just so good. And when I say shitty, I don't mean they're bad, but I mean, like, I I, I can't predict how to prepare for this matchup that I don't know what he's going to bring. Yeah. Or he'll bring a combo creature deck. He brings combo creature decks, too. But, like, that's the range I have for him. So... Like, and then there's a few people like Autumn, which I assume Autumn's going to play an aggressively leaning deck or the Nio combo or cycling or, you know, something aggressive. So I can predict mm-hmm. kind of my metagame, but at the same time, it's all MPL players that can deviate. So I think I'm going to play against like one or two red, one or two gruel, maybe a Nia combo, a few soul time mirrors, a Demir rogues. Um, you know, like that's going to be my gauntlet. And that I thought my deck was going to be a good choice for if people show up with yeah. like, the teamer, the teamer deck, and now the teamer venture deck. I'm talking about when we got sidetracked. I looked up Jerry's. Jerry's is just kind of like stock gruel splash blue. Mm. I'm talking about a. There's a version of the deck that plays Obosh, and then it plays all of the foretold counter spells and um, time walks. But okay. these cards cost, you know, they're they're uh, they're odd, but you can foretell them on even turns. Same with Bone Crusher, and so this deck is like counter spells plus dragon slash adventures so it like kind of does this like i have this early game that is normal with adventures but i have some counter spells and then i hit you with a dragon have a counter spell time walk bring back my oh bosh and kill you and it's like Soltai can't beat that <laughs> like, yeah and the one thing i do love about that style of decks is it's very similar to the naya combo deck except that Goldspan Dragon and Allrun's Epiphany is basically the same thing as Goldspan Dragon and that double your power card. Like it does pretty close to the same thing. It gives you that final pushover anyways. So I think I like that better because it's just a better magic card, you know? But who knows? Maybe, but the Naya deck, I have done some, I was doing some gross things to, so Seth and I were testing Naya versus a lot of stuff too. Yeah. And I, and I realized that that deck can do some gross things out of nowhere. Like, when you draw two of them, I just like killed Seth out of the blue once on turn five. I just played a dragon and made it 16 power. <laughs> I was just mm-hmm. like, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, no, that, uh, yeah, that, that does. Cause you can combo at the same turn you play the dragon where all runs, you can't really do that. So I guess that is a little different. And and for anyone that's just wanting to pick up this Nia deck after listening to this, I do think it might be a good choice for this weekend. But one trick you should know is if you have a show, if you play showdown and then you're going to dragon combo next turn, don't forget to deploy all of your bone, as many bone crushers as you can onto your dragon because each one deals it two but gives it plus one, plus one. Mm. And you get a token. So it's extra ways to, you know, you might find extra damage that way. Interesting. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you can like just more ways to target it and to get more showdown counters onto it. Because, okay. you know, just trying to find all the damage. I mean, you can even do crazy Don't things. Don't target like, it four times, though, without casting other any other spells. That's not great. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, if you target it twice with, yeah, you don't want to do that. You'll just kill it. <laughs> no, four. T- it would take four times to actually kill it. It would with take all four bone crushers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be nice. But yeah, I mean, I think that this weekend yeah. it's going to be complex. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, of the decks that we've seen. But you know, for all of you in the MIQ, please just look at the deck list because you might find a piece of tech for the weekend. And I do believe I, my prediction is some piece of tech will come out of this weekend and and this is not foreshadowing for my list Mm -hmm. this is just um some piece of tech will come out for most of these decks and they they will be applied to this weekend and on day two you will suffer if you register a deck your deck will be outdated if it was submitted before this weekend it's just how fast things go agreed yeah Yeah, i i took last week off to play the arena open and you know i honestly feel like i kind of had to start over you know, these questions really help kind of get back into the groove of it. Um, but it's just un- unbelievable how fast standard moves right now. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I look at this metagame thing from last week, and it's like, you know, Demir Rogues sucks ass, like, bad against every deck in the format, except for, you know, Esper Foretold or whatever. But it's like, you know, I'm thinking that's probably true, but, like, a lot of those decks are tuned against Rogues. They might not be anymore. Um, I'm, I'm playing like a variant of the list that Andrew Beckstrom played and, you know, I have, I have dead weights, which especially with Luris are going to be really good against these red white decks. You know, it's like, there's just, there's just so much difference now on, on that, that it's like, you can't, you can't just say like, oh, last week this beat this. So that's just how it is, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. not at all. Yeah. 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 Like, I actually wrote about that a few weeks ago. Um, It was kind of a, I thought it was a kind of pedantic and pretentious article, but I I tried to write it anyway. Because it's trying to explain that every deck, like the the format is so robust now. Every deck has so many options on how to be built because there's no bad cards in Magic anymore. Mm -hmm. That more cards are playable. That... um, you can't look just like what Brian says. You can't look at magic that way because each deck has a sliding scale and only a few corner cases. Are there just way like match decks that just can't be built in a way to beat a matchup kind of like how Rakdos really just can't find a way to beat Soltai. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can build a Rakdos deck to beat rogues or the creature matchups or the combo matchups. You can build gruel to beat the aggro matchups or the, you know, there's the, everything lives on a spectrum. So you can't really count decks out it, mm-hmm. before you give them a week or two to adapt. And, and generally the decks that can't beat decks are not good. You know, like I, I think Rakdos yeah. is a bad deck and it's For like that reason. Yeah. And, and that's a huge part of the reason it's, it it's just an inflex, like it's an inflexible deck. It's going to be really good at what it does really well. And it's going to suck really bad at what it doesn't do well. And it mm-hmm. just doesn't have the flexibility to adapt to changing metagame. And that's kind of just not going to make it like it might be good some weeks, but it's just not going to be a consistent good deck for that reason. Um, you know, and I look at this, you know, it's it's just, yeah, like I look at this matchup data and it's like, yeah, Mono White's beating Rogues. It's like, okay, well, now I have dead weight to kill those things that I couldn't kill before. You know, I have Erebos's intervention that also kills those cards and gets rid of Sentinel's eyes that were a huge, you know, like, it's just like, I just, I have all these cards now that these rogues decks that were losing to mono white just don't have anymore. And I have that flexibility playing that deck. 
and I'm mm-hmm. still going to struggle against people who are super prepared for it. But it's like, you know, it's just a deck that has some amount of flexibility. And Rogues is probably one of the even the, like the least flexible decks in the format. Yeah, but I yeah. still have the ability to adapt. Some last week, so. the week before that, Rogues was beating White because the, those older builds didn't have the counter spells, and they had the the three Lola Mages dominance in, in the, the main deck. Yeah, yeah, and right. that. And and those older white decks were losing. And then yeah. white changed a few things. Demir went more anti-blue for the weekend and and suffered because of it. So yep. um, you know, that's that these things are just gonna happen. And it's it's hard to, you know, we do our best to try to predict all this stuff, but in the end, um, there's so many moving parts and every single other player is doing something different. Mm-hmm. That I mean, I admire your restraint, Brad. I'll say that. What what restraint? To not just, say Lincoln Park song? Yeah. Yes, me too. Yeah. I, it was say tough it, for me as well. Yeah. It, in the end, it, it didn't yeah. even matter, you know? Like Yeah, you just said in the end and then you just didn't You didn't finish close it. with it doesn't even matter. So, <laughs> I know. I mean, I, it takes oof. yeah. Whew. Something me and Brian could not do. You're a bigger man than us. So. Well, yeah, well I literally I'm a bigger man than than you two, but also it's because of all of the 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 nighttime talks I'm having with our new security supervisor. Oh, oh really? Yeah. That, oh yeah. That? Oh, our new guy. That's right. You know, honestly, I think we should we should bring some limelight to our cast and crew. I think it's about that time. I think we covered a good amount of uh, standard here, don't y'all? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what what people are going to be able to take away from this, except for if you don't know what to play in the MIQ, I highly suggest looking into Naya Combo. I think it is a very good deck to play in an MIQ field. Would you I'm recommend playing- your deck? I, so the problem with me recommending my deck is that I literally <laughs> was focused on 11 pro players, mm. right? 10, actually, because I'm playing a teammate. So yeah. most of my testing and focus was built for what I think 10 people in the world are going to be doing. But right. you did specify so, that the what you want from Soltai is to play against like a wide gauntlet and not a bunch of things. And that's kind of what you would play in the MIQ as well, though, you well, know? Kind of a yes and no, but also to the same thing as I'm getting deck lists. I know all the cards of my opponent's decks. Like true. When when that I don't big. know my opponent's decks, um, and I'm playing in a thing filled like this, I actually like to be progressive, uh, a little more proactive. Pro proactively leaning. Yes. Okay. I Like if if I'm playing in the MIQ this weekend, I'm looking at like Naya Gruel Mono Red as my deck choice, unless something drastically changes. Mm. Um, and I did really like Naya a lot, actually. Um, I, I didn't play it because I'm scared. I, I don't know. I was scared to pull the trigger. Okay. Fair enough. Well, all right, everyone, we're going to get to our cast and crew. If you want to be a part of the cast and crew, you can go to bash or, uh, Patreon.com slash Bash Bros Patreon.com slash Bash Bros Podcast. Thank you. And sign up there. So first up, we got Bino Gatista. And uh, Bino's been, you know, a new member, but moving his way up here, uh, already making it to the nighttime (laughs) security supervisor. So really impressive stuff. Thanks for all the hard work you've been doing, Bino. We really appreciate you. Brian? Brian? Brian, did you Next up, out? we got S. Cerruti, and that <laughs> is our business analyst. Mm. Mm. Yep. Did uh, you cut uh, out, Corey? No, I just said, yep, yeah, I agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all <laughs> good out there. 
That's the job. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Next up, we've got Inside Esports, who is our esports event organizer on MTG Melee. Now, I I asked Inside Esports. Now, this is real. This is not even a genuine jo- like a joke or anything. I'm not mm. setting this up. I asked Inside Esports to fill me in on something, um, but they didn't get back to me because they're they've been busy. Uh, but they have a big announcement today on Wednesday for 5 p.m. And I think it's actually a big announcement. Now, they've been running tournaments, smaller tournaments on MTG Melee. They're just a new org. Um, you know, the they don't have a ton of followers. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what's happening, but they've been running very smooth tournaments that have pretty big numbers. You know, you're always scared right away of not really knowing. Like, I was nervous because I'm like, I don't know who, the, who these people are, but they're like, really get going out there and to trying to take a bite of the apple. Yeah. And a few times I've seen orgs come out and be like, I want to do something big and they fall on their face, but I have, you know, the other shoe has not dropped yet and they've been awesome. Yeah. Um, I've seen some cool events as well. And so I would definitely go follow insight esports CA uh, on, on Twitter for their announcements. Cause whoa, they, whoa, I think CA are they Canadian? I, I think so. Uh, I'm off it. Inside Esports wow. CA, but they, they have a, I, think, <laughs> I think they have a uh, very big announcement coming out today, and by tomorrow you'll you'll see what it is. But I mean, I think it's big. I think there's they're they're going to be throwing throwing some weight around with some big tournaments here soon. All right, fine. I can't I can't uh, take it awesome. anymore. I know the announcement, and I gotta say it. We're pregnant. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is it, are you, like, are you having a chungus? Like, what's the... We're having a chungus wrangler, yep, yep. And and we're we're really hoping it's a boy, but yeah, we're just, uh, we're really over the moon right now. We're over the chungus right now. Yeah, I I would, I would go give them a follow. Yeah, no, I played, I played one of their events as well. I played the Snowdown event, and it was run really well. I had a blast. I did terribly, but I, I did have a lot of fun, so I agree. Good. Uh, next up, we got uh, Ian Pacella, and that is our BBP's leading resident Pastafarian. I've been trying to cut out on the cut down on the carbs a little bit, try to get in shape for playing basketball this summer, and uh, uh, Pacella has not made it easy for me at all, at all. Yeah, has that worked? Has 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 your has your diet at home worked? Because I it hasn't worked for me yet. It has not. I have a Pastafarian, so it's going very bad. <laughs> Ooh, I have, I have very good news for you, Corey, that I'd Ooh. like to tell right now. What's that? So I found, so you know how I quit smoking? Yes. I found a opened pack of cigarettes yesterday, and I tried one, and it was horrible, and it made me feel like shit. Yes. And it was it was, it was was just a test. I knew I wasn't going to smoke it, uh-huh. but I, I, I wanted I wanted that, like, final nail in the, in the coffin feeling. Uh-huh. And so I smoked half of this dry ass cigarette and oh my God, it made me feel terrible. And then after the other nine cigarettes, you were fucking off. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) No, good for you, bro. I'm still very, very proud of you. So that is great news. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not only I can kick crack and then we're sad. (laughs) (laughs) And if only I could kick black tar heroin. All right. We got Richie and that is the bash bros accountant. And actually Richie will be starring in a new movie that we're producing called the accountant. Um, Mm. alongside of, uh, Brad Pitt. So Brad Pitt. Was he in the account? Matt Damon. No, no, it wasn't Matt Damon. Wasn't it Brad Pitt? No, it was. 
It was it, Richie. Was it Matt Damon? I thought it was Ben Affleck. Oh, uh, it yeah. was Ben Affleck. That's who it was. It was Ben Affleck. All three Affleck. of them are the You're same right. people. Ben they are, they are ben all Affleck's the same COVID. person. No, they're not, because Ben Affleck's COVID pictures are literally the best thing on the internet. From they the are really half. good. Yeah, They're just by far the best things on the internet. Yeah, yes. ben, ben Affleck is way higher than Brad Pitt in my book, so I, yes, I apologize same. for making that error. Nevertheless, Richie will also be in that. So. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, next up, we got Wapa, our good friend here. That is Brad's personal barista, making him all those delicious coffees. And BBD steals some every once in a while, but Wapa does not walk BBD ever. <laughs> you didn't even bring up D, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope, nope. Straight All down. right. And so we got The Accountant starring Richie and Ben Affleck. That's going to be written by Adham, who's our ghostwriter. Mm. Um, it, I, really, it's going to be a knockout performance. I'm pretty uh, <laughs> excited for it. I'm excited for it, too. All right, next up, we've got David Watt who is our special guest screener. And this week, I think it was a fantastic job. Screenwriter. He's our screen, special guest oh, screenwriter. Screenwriter. He'll be oh. writing, he'll be writing the screenplay for <laughs> the Bash Bros accountant. Uh, yeah, you know yeah. what? Since our merch didn't work out, y'all, <laughs> we're moving on to the music industry and thinking that's going to work. I, I see no problems with this. <laughs> All right. We've got Paul K. Ka- I stopped buying Diet Pepsi, Sorowski. <laughs> <laughs> and that is BBD's wall staring photographer, which, you yeah. know, special place in my heart. But yeah, I, I think so that's Bri- a phenomenal role. Brian quit drinking soda and wasn't drinking coffee for a few days and just kept coming upstairs and being like, well, I've been having these massive headaches lately. <laughs> and it's like, well, I wonder why. Yeah, pro- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caffeine headaches are absolutely real. They're yeah, so bad too. I I had like debilitating headaches for like well two days straight where I just couldn't do anything, and then two days where I had the headache but I was able to like function, mm. and then honestly today is I think the first day where I haven't had any headaches. So. Yeah, you probably through your withdrawals. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, I mean, so do you want to go get addicted to to yes. soda again? No. <laughs> All right. Well, next up, we've got Corey's linguistic coach, who is Max. Um, Max was also. Uh, I watched a I watched a movie from 2010 called The Losers the other day. It had Captain America. Um, I think his name's Adrian Brody, and um, that might not even be it. Uh, and then um. Uh, what's his name? I'm bad at this. I shouldn't be doing great this, story. But... Yeah, this is uh, Jeffrey, Dean Morgan. Jeff, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And, and so the cast was kind of insane, right? And it was an action movie and it was the literal most boring. I've never watched an action movie that was boring. Like, I mean, mm. like I can't keep my attention when things are blowing up boring. Mm. Like it was, it was so bad. I, I can't even believe it. Like I was like, I have two hours and this movie has all of these awesome actors in it. And and it was the most boring movie I've ever watched. That's basically every Michael Bay Transformer movie for me. It's no, like, yeah, those are those up, are entertaining. Like, uh, yeah, fair. All right. So next up, we got Phil, and just like Brad, not knowing how to who's in a movie or how to tell a story, we don't know what Phil does either. 
Um, but we're still, we're working on it. Maybe it'll be helping out Brad with stories from, from now on. Well, Google also helps me out with stories. <laughs> Phil's, and, uh, Phil's an Google extra. hasn't helped out with what Phil does yet, though. That's the only problem. It was Idris Elba, Chris Evans, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which are like an all-star cast, in my opinion. I feel like Adrian Brody and Idris Elba are two very different people. But oh, maybe of course that they're is, different people. <laughs> maybe that is just me. But as for Phil, he is just an extra in the cast. Uh, next up, we got JP. That is our BBP general manager. Um, anytime I see that, I just want to say General Mills, and I don't know why. I just can't help myself. <laughs> it's our General Mill manager. Yeah, he's just our General Mills. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Sultan Abbasi, and that is our designated manador. Uh, I guess we talked a lot about about a lot about this Naya deck. Uh, so I'm gonna go back to Goldspan Dragon. That's a, a uh, mana dark again. Mm. Bone Crusher Giant, I prefer. Of course, it does create or, two mana. It yeah. does. It does. <laughs> it could be any Demir Rogues creature too, reducing the mana cost. Oh, yeah. Be. It's into the story is the new mana dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Eric Nall, and that is our BBP Trash Man. And I kind of think of it as like Frank from Always Sunny. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. so do you just see oh, eric yeah. doll just like coming out of a couch yes i do mm-hmm. yeah 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 clipping his nail was with a knife i i, I could see it <laughs> all right next <laughs> up we got garamaldi who is our merch store manager and like and this is a real actual place that you can go if you are uh listening to this on any of our platforms in the links below you'll be able to actually go buy a shirt from us we have multiple different ones and please go buy them so we can pay back our graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, so we can break even pretty please. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we got Patrick, and that is our office party coordinator. After you boys uh, XO these uh, MPL weekends here, we're going to have to celebrate an office party in the future. Oh, my God. I can't wait till we... Where are we all no, going kidding. together once we get Vegas, baby. I don't even want to go there. No, let's go to an all-inclusive resort. And just hang by the. Let's go to an exclusive resort where we just all just sit together and not be around anyone. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to rent a beach house. Yeah. So after COVID, the one thing you want to do is just avoid people. That makes sense. But uh, no, interact (laughs) with the right people. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't want to go anywhere that's going to be busy. I I think all those things are going to be super busy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually with you on that. Like the the it, it sounds counterintuitive, but I kind of feel like once things are over with covid and like there's just going to be so much hype for doing like public type events and i feel Mm -hmm. like they're just gonna fucking suck oh no i mean literally because think of the orgies yeah but there you go yeah (laughs) unliterally unliterally too they're just gonna fucking suck i'm gonna i'm gonna go to one of those things and i'm just gonna think the entire time that i I don't have my uh, my soundboard, right? I, I told you I took the mixer down. I don't actually have it anymore. Thank God. God. Damn it. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> next up is Flebos Galanis, which is Brad's <laughs> soundboard operator, who is supposed to operate the soundboard to tell us that I didn't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. But yeah, yeah the because... only way that that's going to happen is if John puts it in, because my, my mixer is actually not even in my office anymore. It's in the closet. Yeah. Uh... Well, have to go on, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> 
because that because Brad doesn't have that and my joke fell flat, I literally don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. So it all pays out. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk to Laura Roar, who is our CEO, to see if you have to do this. And yes, you have to continue to. Uh, yep. Uh, we're just okay. we just got an gotcha. email. You still have to fucking do this shit. Gotcha. All right, next up, we got Victor. Uh, Victor is Brad's first place trophy holder. Uh, Brad's currently in third place <laughs> in the MPL right now. So, you know, you need to go up two places to give Victor a, a current job right now. Yeah, but I like, the, you know, I'm going to be happy if I go 6-5 this weekend. So I don't think I'll end up in first place. I'll be happy if you take fourth by the end of the year. That'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Fourth <laughs> by the end of the year, I'll be very happy with. And last yeah. but not least, um, Brian, who's who's up? I'd like to reiterate that I don't have to fucking do this shit anymore because our last person is Dr. Unks, who is our resident proctologist who specializes in special guest proctology, and I'm not a fan. So Yeah, he's on his yeah. way over, so that's too bad. <laughs> um, and if you saw the Discord, you probably didn't, but in our in our Bashful's Discord, he is offering experimental herbal enemas before league weekend. Ooh, oh, okay. freshen yourself yeah, up, man. Yeah, with some green tea and some uh, ginkgo if you want, if you're interested. Sounds ginky and i don't want to be part of it <laughs> well that, that'll that probably sadden him but that is it for this episode of the bachelor's podcast now we are all gonna relax i guess i actually have a lot of work to do um yeah me too me too but hey that's okay hopefully next week we can talk about you guys dominating uh this uh this league weekend i think one of us will be able to say we did that yeah i believe in brian too I do too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. That makes two of you. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.